2: Connecting changes everything. at and This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms.
3: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: Good morning, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Wednesday. September 23rd. It was a night to remember in the McIntyre household. I can't wait to tell you about watching the end of that Lakers-Nuggets game. Holy cow, that was fun. Uh, Quickly, house cleaning to take care of. Best bet at the end of the podcast feels like a lock. Uh, Just a tease. It feels good. I went a little deeper than normal. Um, Shout out to Dante Jones. I got so much great feedback on the interview with him. Thank you to those who reached out. And uh, there is one winner, Rob G., believe it or not, from last week's $100 giveaway. I guess this guy's loaded. He doesn't want the money. Either he reached out and I forgot, or uh, he just didn't reach out. Because uh, one, one guy, I know who he is. He uh, has yet to hit me up. So, bro, if you want that honey, you want that Benjamin, hit me up on Twitter or email. My email is very public, jasonradgmcintyre at yahoo.com. Or, uh, you know, I'm on the Gram uh, Some One of the guys found me on Facebook, so uh, you know what to do. All right, let's quickly get, <laughs> oh boy, Lakers lose to Denver, 114-106. The Lakers were getting smoked at the end of the third quarter, and my wife had a Zoom call downstairs, and she says, go put the kids to bed, you know, I was like, all right, let me make this quick, and then I'll watch the end of the Laker game. Probably nothing to see, but... I'll check it out. And I go up. I'm slow to put them to bed. The fourth quarter starts, and I start watching the end with the kids. And it was like, boom, boom, Lakers, Lakers, score. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, wait a minute, hold up. And I tell uh, the kids, all right, listen, let's stay up and just watch this. It's starting to feel good, and my son's like, you know, Dad, he's asking me all these non-sports questions. And I say, listen, put a cork in it, and if the Lakers win, I will give you some extra Roblox time. When the Lakers win, I'll give you some extra blow box time. And he's like, okay, let's go. And the Lakers go on this tear, and my phone starts blowing up. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I mean, the Nuggets at one point, guys, had six straight possessions with turnovers. Rondo turned into playoff Rondo. I think he had three steals during that stretch, and the Lakers cut it to three. And at this point, you know, I've won uh, my—I do bets for Fox Sports as well. I had a LeBron prop bet over 42.5 points, rebounds, and assists. He had a triple-double, so he cleared that in the fourth quarter during the comeback. But it didn't look like the Lakers were going to cover, which was the best bet. That's a loss. And I'm like, listen, I will take a Lakers victory. I will gladly take a Lakers win because I had them sweeping plus 280. That's now flushed down the toilet. But— they make the comeback and they're down three and KCP gets an open look on the wing and me and both my kids jump. We're sitting on the edge of the bed. We jump to the edge of the bed because it looks like it's online. And we're like, you know, we have the hands up. Like if it's going to go in, it would have automatically been a nuggets timeout and we would have just exploded. And it clangs off and it was a little bit deflating. And at that point, like, I was like, oh, it it all feels kind of lost. And then, you know, Jeremy Grant, who had the luckiest game of his damn career, throws in some freak bank job, and LeBron hits, and the Lakers cut it uh, again. They had it down to four. And then at this point, you know, they become, you know, um, Kuzma had the ball in the wing, had, like, nobody on him, and he hesitates for the three, had to step back, shoots it, misses LeBron missed and that was kind of it and it was a little deflating but man that was a thrilling quarter a couple quick takeaways you could tell in the first half that the Lakers just didn't they didn't want it as bad as the Nuggets you know this was a game where if the Lakers win this 3-0 nobody's ever come back down from 3-0 ever and it would have they could step on the Denver Nuggets throats tonight and they could have put them away that's why I predicted a Lakers win it clearly did not happen. And, you know, when you look at the box score, Anthony Davis plays 43 minutes and collects two rebounds. He is six foot eleven and he had two rebounds. I'm not gonna say he was drained from carrying the Lakers in game two and hitting the buzzer shot, but he was 0 for 4 from deep and he got two freaking rebounds. He's six foot eleven. Now, Rob G pointed out before the podcast started, the Lakers bigs. Anthony Davis had two rebounds, JaVale McGee had one, Dwight Howard had One. I mean, Denver, it looked to me like they were collapsing in on Davis anytime he was in the lane, and the Lakers were getting no second chance opportunities. They had four offensive rebounds. Denver had nine. And Denver's role players wanted it. I mean, Jeremy Grant had 26 points. Folks, listen, when Jeremy Grant scores 26 points, there's a good chance the Nuggets are beating anybody, okay? When you're he's your third guy and he's pumping in 26. I looked up the Clippers series. He had, had, by the way, Jeremy Grant had 12 points in the third quarter. Okay? He had one game against the Clippers where he had more than 12 points. So 26 points, easily his best in the postseason this year. I don't know if it's his career high ever, but Jeremy Grant was off the hook. They got great minutes from Morris off the bench. He had 14. Michael Porter Jr. looked good. And then weirdly, Malone just doesn't play him down the stretch. I know uh, Porter Jr. doesn't play D, but, I mean, come on. Porter Jr. was good in that first half. And then I got to give it up to Jamal Murray. I know he's Rob G's favorite player in the league. Um, uh, Jamal Murray was a killer in overtime. And I don't want to go overboard, but Jamal Murray's basically unguardable when he wants to be. Kuzma, he put him in a blender. Uh, Alex Caruso stepped up and Jamal Murray just hung and then banged one shot in the lane. And I'm telling you, Jamal Murray ended up hitting a 30-footer and then hitting the shoulder shrug on the way back down the court. Man, I'm telling you, this kid is a player and reputations are earned in the playoffs, okay? Regular season, awesome, wonderful, congrats. I'm telling you guys, Jamal Murray has firmly established himself as a top 25 player in the league, in my opinion. When you do it this many times against the best the league has to offer, the Clippers, you sent them out of the bubble, and now the Lakers, uh, they could not guard Jamal Murray, and... I gotta say, like we had this debate on here, um, I think it was last week, Jamal Murray or Chris Middleton, and I said Jamal Murray in a heartbeat. And maybe we could push that out again, Gavin, uh, our social media guru. I'm Jamal Murray just is he's a joy to watch. That guy has the supreme utmost confidence of any player I've seen who isn't of the LeBron James ilk. And um, I guess my last note, and I don't want to panic too much. Game two. Nobody on the Lakers was able to step up in crunch time other than Anthony Davis. He had the final 10 points for them in the last five minutes. In the late Denver run, the final, I guess it would be like the final five minutes, when Denver went on a 10-1 run, the Lakers could not score. And I know it's crazy to say that when you have LeBron... But you could see Denver's plan. We're going to clog the lane. If you're going to play Rondo, we're not guarding him. They just didn't go out and guard him. They put Jokic on Rondo to hide Jokic so he could get in the lane and prevent LeBron from driving. And I think Vogel, listen, Vogel was masterful in the fourth quarter getting him back into it, but they had no legs for the final two and a half minutes. I Listen, I, I know Lakers. Lakers fans are killing Kuzma. This morning, he's just getting destroyed. And I don't agree with it. He missed one big shot there. Otherwise, Kuzma wasn't terrible. Uh, I think you need him on the floor. And I know Lakers fans do not want to see Danny Green late in games. He was one of four, only played 20 minutes. I mean, Alex Caruso played those minutes. And the Nuggets aren't guarding Caruso either. They're saying, Alex Caruso, we will give you any three-pointer you want. Rondo and Caruso, a combined 0-7 for 7 from deep. And listen, it's not panic time for Lakers fans the Nuggets were better down the stretch. But the scary part is they were kind of better down the stretch in Game 2. Last note, I don't want to hear people today saying, well, Nuggets should be up 2-1 because that's garbage. That's not how it works. If Anthony Davis misses the buzzer shot in Game 2 and it's 1-1, the Lakers come out with a definite focus difference than they did in Game 3. Okay? There's zero chance that Anthony Davis grabs two rebounds if the series is 1-1. The Lakers don't get blitzed inside if the Lakers, if the series is 1-1 to heading into Game 3. The energy was not there because they felt confident up 2-0. Now, the smart Jason should have gambled on Denver in the first half. I'm an idiot. I didn't take it. I got cocky. I thought about my sweep, and I paid the price. All right, Rob G, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Your guy, Jamal Murray, are you ready to give him his props? Because... I mean, this guy, 28 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds.
5: No. What the hell kind of question is that, Jason? I mean, I'm living and dying on this Jamal Murray is a clown island. I don't care if I'm the last one left here, but I'm going to be here forever. Now, I know that he's been great in this postseason. Kudos to him. He's hit a couple of big shots. He's done a few shimmies. A couple of big shots. You know, whatever. But let's let's keep it... 100, as the kids say on the streets. In this postseason, 26 points a game. What is it? Six assists, five rebounds. Shooting a blistering 50% from the field, forty percent, forty-seven percent from three. He's been great. You notice he's doing this in a neutral environment where there's no fans, there's no buzz in the arena to kind of get that pressure building up. Because last year, when he was in the postseason as well, played 14 games, just almost as many as he played this round. 21 points, so six points a game less, shooting 42%, so 8% less, and 33% from three, which is 14% less. So, anybody can play good at the YMCA and the LA Fitness oh, when you don't geez. have the atmosphere of a Staples Center crowd of 19,000
4: people screaming in your ear. You know, oh, it, it's easy Hold to up. get
5: that buzz going when
4: there's you're, you're playing a pickup game. Was there pressure down 3 1 to the Clippers? At halftime, down three-two to the Clippers. At halftime, down or tied three-three, and down at halftime at Game Seven. There's still no pressure there. You got to give the man his props.
5: Look, they get credit as a team for coming back, but I would argue that the Clippers gave it away just as much as the clip as the Nuggets took it from them. Because every single game, it was the same story. Whether the Nuggets won or lost in that series, every game the Clippers came out early, had a big lead in the second half. Doc Rivers who, again, is the most overrated coach in NBA history, refused to make any adjustments. Mike Malone's a very solid coach. He made a lot of key uh, tweaks to his team. And every second half, didn't matter if they won or lost, they ended up winning that second half. It's just whether or not they had the energy to sustain it and end up getting the actual W.
4: All right. And so,
5: in, in the Clippers case, I mean, that's just who they were and who they are. And so... The Nuggets still down 2-1 to one to the Lakers. I'm not concerned at all. I mean, yeah. I don't expect another game where three seven-footers come out for four rebounds. And
4: the Lakers it's, go six for 26 from three. Exactly. But, uh, let me, so, Rob G., I would assume this is what the discussion will be today for Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd and the rest of the Lakers staff. The Nuggets found out, hey, we don't have to guard Caruso and Rondo when they're both on the court at the same time. Vogel likes them on the court for defense. You know, I mean, Rondo had... I mean, uh, three steals, Caruso had two. They were instrumental in the comeback. But at the offensive end for the Lakers, it's tough for Anthony Davis and LeBron to work when there's basically five guys with a foot in the paint. Um, I don't know what the solution is off the top of my head. I I do wonder, uh, do you have, I mean... Hmm. Do you have to trot out Danny Green a little bit there at the end? I don't think you can consistently play Rondo and Caruso at the end of games because what we just saw offensively, like when they give you 0 for 7 from deep, there's a chance you might lose.
5: Right, and that was probably the only real fourth-quarter blunder by Frank Vogel. And I understand because that was the group that made the furious comeback, yeah. so You don't want to mess it up. But KCP was the best backcourt player all last night. You know, he, in normal circumstances, would have been the guy to close the game. He's the guy who, who has, you know, a little bit of length to put on Jamal Murray. And he's the most consistent shooter that they've had in this series. So I would expect in game four, the Lakers are going to come out with a little bit more intensity. Because we saw in the first two games, when the Lakers decided that they wanted to lock in, the Nuggets had no answer for them. And that's exactly what happened even in Game 3 in the fourth quarter when they decided, you know, we're just going to lock in defensively and see what happens. The Nuggets had no chance against them. They just ran out of gas is the problem.
4: I I do want to say, I know Lakers fans. I see the tweets, send Danny Green to Serbia. You guys are totally over him. And he has struggled a little bit. I will say this, and I'm not just saying this because he's one of my neighbors. He lives literally like two streets away. I've taken my kids to school, and he's been walking his dog in front to school. Um, Danny Green is a veteran who's 33 years old and has been to countless NBA finals with the San Antonio Spurs. And he was in the finals last year with the Raptors. I know he wasn't great. I get that. Um, I trust Danny Green taking a big shot late in a game more than I do Alex Caruso definitely more than I do Rondo. I don't know if you can do an offensive for defensive and keep the continuity, Um, but I think if anybody's got to come out, I would sooner pull Caruso just because playoff Rondo's a thing and he's amazing defensively. But I will say, Rob G., it is frustrating as hell when Rondo misses that open three. They just didn't want to guard him late. And then he kind of threw that elbow, the offensive foul. Like, I... I mean, it's tough to pick on him because he had such a good fourth quarter defensively. But I think you've got to consider working Danny Green into one of those two spots. If it's a close game late. Because we know what the Nuggets are doing defensively. You have to have another shooter out there. Listen, Kuzma's, I I like Kuzma a lot. He did hit a buzzer shot in the bubble regular season to beat the Nuggets, I believe. Um, But I think you just need one more shooter. I would
5: agree with that. And just to uh, you know, put a bow on this when we're talking about the Lakers kind of having no legs there in the last few minutes after that big comeback. Last five minutes of the game, the Lakers said we're down by only three points. This is what happened in their next, I think it's eight possessions. LeBron James turnover. KCP missed wide open three. Well, which wait, I was, think the
4: LeBron was that like he tried that like length of the court bounce right, pass. Exactly, remember that? Okay. Exactly. And Jamal Murray picked it off. That was a Right. Day. I think the Joker
5: tipped it and, and Jamal Murray picked it yeah, up and, and went hurt. the other way. LeBron missed three. Rondo goes one of two from the free-throw line. LeBron well. missed a uh, jump shot from about mid-range.
4: Yeah, Kuz, I remember. Uh, fading away from the foul line. Exactly. That That was what—you you expect LeBron to— I mean, he had made, like, four of those, I think, in the third and fourth quarter. But that, okay. Right.
5: That Kuz with that pump fake, oh. you know, missed three. Uh, the Rondo elbow, Rondo missed three, and then a Kuz layup with a minute left. But then Wait, so matter.
4: was the KCP before that?
5: KCP uh, was before LeBron's missed three. The, okay. Because uh, as soon yeah. as they cut it down to three, you could tell that they were hunting that three-point shot. Like, yeah, you know, they hey, wanted to, that. That would have right been the there, knockout. We're right block, there. You know? We just got to tie it, and then we're going to break the doors down. When What had been working for them was an aggressive defense just attacking the rim, and they got away with that. Yeah.
4: All right, so Lakers, uh, you know, hey, listen. We, we, we're not big losers here because guess what? Thursday night now means you get NFL, uh, Miami-Jacksonville. I know that doesn't sound like a good game, but I'm telling you right now. Uh, it's going to be a ton of points in that game. There is no defense being played on either side. And you get Lakers Nuggets game 4 where I would assume the Lakers are going to be locked in. Um I'll tell you right now though, Rob G, I know you don't want to give him credit, but Jamal Murray ain't going out and, like a little punk. Jamal Murray will play and battle to the end. I'm t- this is a team though that was down 3-1 to the Jazz, 3-1 to the Clippers. I, I it maybe it's going to be tougher to put them away than I thought. And maybe I'm giving Jamal credit, Jamal Murray too much credit here.
5: Two quick things. Number one, Jamal Murray could have 45 points, 11 rebounds, and 13 assists, and he'd still go down like a punk. Okay, that's number one. Number two, only one person on this podcast said Lakers in five before this yes. series started. I'm still alive, all
4: right? Is that, I think that was your pick in every series. It, is, it
5: really has been.
4: You have two things that you're now famous for, Lakers in five, and then the hashtag future Laker. That's right. Yeah. Um, All right. So there we go. Fun uh, Tuesday night in sports. We'll do some NFL next and then the best bet here on straight fire.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings.
1: Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash Colin. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how
2: your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take
0: on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
4: All right, from the NBA, I want to pivot to the NFL real quick. A little midweek check in here. So I just want to quickly talk about week three in the NFL and a dilemma that I'm having. And I want to Back into it by talking about this thing I watched on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Have you guys heard of this or seen it? I cannot recommend it enough. I watched just a snippet of it on Tuesday, and I was like, oh boy, this is powerful. This is dangerous. And I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Obviously, it's about um, you know the big social media companies and the algorithms they've built and how they mess with your head And there's a couple big takeaways, and the one that ties into NFL gambling is that these these products, these social media apps, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, I don't know anybody who has Pinterest, at least any guys, but I know my wife has Pinterest. Anyways, TikTok, which is a bad offender. What these apps do is, it's not obvious what they do because they're messing with your head, but in the long run gradually they get they have you giving your entire life to social media and it's pretty scary how it messes with your brain. These algorithms are powerful man they they're really scary. and ultimately they they slowly but surely start to change what you do, how you think, even who you are. And one my biggest quote that i I pulled away as it pertains to sports gambling and and sports in general is, that these apps can sell certainty. And to be successful, you have to have great predictions, right? And to have great predictions, you have to have a lot of data. And what these apps do is they collect all your data. Every every second you're on it, the algorithms are taking in what you're viewing, how long you're watching this Instagram story versus that one, what you're clicking through, and they start knowing you better than you. And it's terrifying, but... The data part is what I hung up on because I'm always looking to get better as a sports gambler. My I don't want to bore you with my gambling history, but I first went out to Vegas when I was 21. Um, you know, my dad likes numbers and he's into kind of some gambling. Not super heavy, but he's into gambling. My mom has been heavy into numbers And she kind of uh, was able to hook me up with like a quick Vegas trip when I was 21. Me and a buddy were able to go out there. And it was incredible. I was uh, obsessed with gambling instantly. And we came back to college and we would, you know, Tuesday night, college basketball's on the screen and we would have action on the game to be at the bars watching. And it was just awesome. You know, Um, I, I just got really into gambling. So I've been gambling a while and now it's penetrating, you know, the general public in a way that. As states are hemorrhaging money during you know, the hell that's 2020, they've got to look for revenue streams. And I'm telling you, gambling is going to be legal in every state here probably within the next five or six years, maybe 10 years. And you want to get in early. I've, I've called it the gambling gold rush for a couple of years now. And NFL is obviously my bread and butter. I really live for gambling on the NFL. I love it more than anything. I kid you not, I spend a lot of my time during the day looking at the numbers Um, I got a couple friends who have models and I'm I'm in taking that in. It's really fun stuff. And for week three specifically, okay, I'm not a big trend guy, but some of the trends you've got to look at, they're interesting and you know, small sample size matters, but this is the one that jumps out in week three. And I should preface this by saying, I'm on a good run to start the season. I entered that $1.4 million circa gambling contest And I'm, uh, through two weeks, I'm seven, two and one. So I'm in the upper echelon, you know. Uh, There is, I think, a guy who's 10 and 0, some nine and ones, a lot of nine and ones and eight and twos or whatever. So I'm in the mix. But the the problem is I've been here before. I've gotten off the hot starts. I was in the top five at, I think, 13 and two a couple years ago when I had my best season ever. And uh, it's intoxicating. And you get into it. Um, But it's difficult, man. It is really difficult for 17 weeks. So you got to pace yourself. And I'm already stressing over week three, and here's why. Teams that start 0-2 against the spread, right, are 22-7 against the spread in week three over the last four years. So essentially, if you start out not covering the spread – Week three is usually when you bounce back. And some of that has to do with the numbers at the sports books being skewed because they want even money coming in on each side, so they always win. And they're going to skew the numbers the way they think you're going to bet. Now, I know four seasons is small sample size, but if you look at the last 10 seasons, again, week three, teams that start 0-2 against the spread, 47-28. and against the spread in week three. So you want to look for value in the trash this week, okay? Jason, who are the teams that have started 0-2 against the spread? Well, I'll toss out one because it's a matchup of two teams that are 0-2 against the spread. The Tennessee Titans, 0-2 against the spread, facing the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota's 0-2 against the spread. And I got to be honest, everything I love about this game is screaming Tennessee, and I don't like Tennessee at all this year. Except for this, Minnesota is eventually going to figure it out. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He is at rock bottom right now for like the last three years. He had 113 yards passing. Everybody, I mean, I I read a piece. Should we look into trading Kirk Cousins? Okay. And then you look at, well, Jason, Kirk Cousins isn't good. He lost digs. I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm well aware of that. Okay. I was on the Colts last week heavy. It was a great win. However, look at the Tennessee secondary. Adoree Jackson on IR, Malcolm Butler injured, Jonathan Joseph got hurt last week. They just uh, picked up up some guy from the practice squad who is now maybe going to be thrust into action this week. you got to look at those early week signings. They signing some guy off the street or practice squad, somebody's hurt. I don't know if Joseph will play. So you're looking at a Tennessee defense, by the way. They got shredded by Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke had his way with the Tennessee defense in that opener. I don't care that the Titans won both games. It's, are they covering the spread? That's all I care about. Tennessee right now, 31st in the NFL on third down defense. They can't get off the field against Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew. Kirk Cousins is better than both those guys. So this game, I I had liked Tennessee. I really want them. I mean, listen, Minnesota missing their best defensive player and their defense stinks, Anthony Barr. Uh, Mike Zimmer said this week, we ran out of linebackers. On Sunday, Anthony Barr got hurt. His backup, a rookie, comes in and gets hurt. So the Vikings are trash, okay? They're really in a bad spot. But that's historically in NFL where you can find the best value. Ultimately, I'm probably going to punt, but I'm still looking at Tennessee because I'm an idiot, okay? So the, who are the other 0-2 teams against the spread? So the Cleveland—well, let's let's start with the New York Jets, okay? I'm not touching the Jets this week. I'm sorry. They're my team. They're double-digit underdogs. I think it's the first double-digit dog we've seen this year. I'm not touching the Jets. I'm sorry. For me, they're unplayable. I'm not back in the Colts. though. Uh, I learned my lesson a long time ago. You don't take double digit favorites in the NFL. All, in the long run, you will not win. Maybe you win one off, but maybe you lose. So I'll take the Colts and Survivor. Yes, I've, t- I've, I've in three Survivor pools. Colts will be my pick probably in all of them. Um, but I'm not touching the Jets. So we've eliminated Jets, Titans, and Vikings. Cleveland Browns are next one that's interesting. And they are big favorites. At home, the Cleveland Browns are favorites at home by a touchdown against Washington. And I got to be honest. I mean, are you going to jump on Baker Mayfield to cover a touchdown spread? Baker Mayfield can barely win games, okay? The Browns got their teeth kicked in by the Ravens in week one and uh, they did not cover, that hurt me, on Thursday night against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, okay? The Cleveland secondary is garbage. They're, they're beat up and they're not good. And Dwayne Haskins is not a great quarterback, but he was able to deliver in, on short fields against the Eagles and he couldn't do much until it was in hurry up mode at the end against Arizona. Um, can Haskins deliver some scares against a Brown secondary? That's not good. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield's not a scrambling quarterback in the vein that Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray was able easily able to run around chase young and those guys. Um, and they, they led Washington 27, three, but can they get to Baker Mayfield, who we know is jittery in the, in the pocket. He only likes to go one way. He jumps to his first read. I think Washington can wreak some havoc. So I don't love the Browns here. I don't love the Browns as a big favorite. Okay. Well, I got to find the Owen two against the spread teams, right? That's where the value is this week. So I'm keep on going down the list and Oh, look at this. The Houston Texans. Now, this is the game that every professional gambler has circled. They've already loaded up on the Texans, driving the line down against Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Let me see the line here. Houston is favored. Uh, I'm sorry. Houston is an underdog. The Houston Texans are underdogs against Pittsburgh. And they were six-point underdogs. Professional money has driven this down to four. Well, why the hell are people betting on the Texans? That's the obvious one. Okay, Houston, they can't stop the run. 31st against the run through two games, giving up 198 yards a game. They got run over by the Ravens, okay? They are 30th in time of possession. They cannot hold the football. They can't move the football. Deshaun Watson's been sacked eight times, okay? I mean, that's, I think, tied for the league lead with Carson Wentz. So how are you backing this team? The Pittsburgh Steelers, second in the league in sacks with 10. Look what they did to Drew Dr- uh, Jeff Driscoll of the Broncos. Got him six times. They destroyed Daniel Jones in the opener. Ah, but there's the details. Houston has faced the two best teams in the league, KC and Baltimore. Pittsburgh has beaten Daniel Jones and the winless Giants and a backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll and the Denver Broncos. So you have the Texans facing the two best teams in the league, lost, didn't cover. And now the Steelers come in 2-0. Everybody thinks they're good, and um, they beat two winless teams. So I think the value's on the Texans, but folks, I, I, I cannot make a case. And that's the problem with Week 3. You're supposed to make a case and hold your nose and take the Houston Texans. I can't do it. It's against my principle to back a Bill O'Brien joke of a team. This Pittsburgh secondary is great. Will Fuller, who's Deshaun Watson's number one guy, zero targets last week against the Ravens. Oh, he's got a hamstring injury, probably won't play. Come on. I can't. I can't do it. Okay. Well, you got to find. This is where the value is. Ah, I think I found one. The Philadelphia Eagles, the team that I watched super closely in week two, and they let me down, and I'm embarrassed. My one loss in the contest last week, I was 4-1, and, one, and I, I had the Eagles. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, are you ready for this, folks? 0-2 against the spread. Losing outright in Washington. And then losing at home to the Rams. They're healthy. So what the hell's the problem? Well, they lost their safety, Malcolm Jenkins. He's on the Saints. And oh, lo and behold, Tyler Higby, however you say it. Tyler Higby, who lit me up in fantasy, cost me the game. He had three touchdowns against his uh, Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Okay, well, let's look at the Bengals, their opponent. How's their uh, tight end situation? Oh, stinks for them. They just lost their tight end, C.J. Uzama, He's out for the season. They got some guy named Drew Sample replacing him. No edge there for the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow really got beat up badly by the Browns. They should, I mean, the Browns should have covered that game. Burrow ended up throwing 60 some odd passes. He's coming off extra rest having played Thursday. Well, he's going to be pressured against the Eagles. Philadelphia getting pressure on 41% of pass plays third in the NFL. Okay. Third in the NFL. They're going to get to Burrow. So, can you take the Eagles after—and that's one of the things. This is my after-tax money I'm betting on teams, okay? And it hurts me when I think a good team like the Eagles can't deliver. And I'm, I'm, I'm flushing my money down the drain. And, folks, I'm telling you right now, I'm leaning heavily toward backing the Philadelphia Eagles again. I, I know it sounds crazy, and that's the other thing. The public is jumping all over the Cincinnati Bengals here. And I mean, again, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and the public is backing an 0-2 team just because they covered against the Browns. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, uh, give me Cincinnati. That Burrow guy looked pretty good. And it's like, okay, well, I always want to go against the public. They usually don't know what they're doing. But the other reason that I'm a little concerned with the Eagles, I just I know I'm rambling here. They have a total of three points in the second half this season zero against Washington, and three against the Rams. Is Carson Wentz too good for that? According to Football Outsiders, Carson Wentz is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Maybe, I I guess that's got to be worse than Sam Darnold. Anyways, I'm just talking you through my process. I'm not giving a pick here. It's too early in the week, but I'm leaning into the Eagles. So the other two teams that are 0-2 against the spread that you have to look at, oh, there's three others. The Cowboys- Who I don't think I'm ready to talk about yet. Cowboys in Seattle. Um, I I just, I'm not ready to go there. I guarantee you we'll talk about this. We have two guests coming up later in in the week, Thursday and Friday, who will obviously talk about Cowboys Seattle. They are, uh, that's a game of the week. Um, So I'll move on to one that I know I'm going to hold my nose and probably have to take 0 2 against the spread. Remember, that's where the value is this week it would involve getting behind the Detroit Lions and backing Matt Patricia, who is such a choke artist. I mean, we know he's toast at the end of the season. Unless he gets to the playoffs, he's gone. And they're 0-2. Nobody blows a lead like Matt Patricia. Now, (laughs) the Detroit Lions have, they faced the Bears, who I don't think are good, and they dominated them for three quarters and then choked. And they were up on the Packers early and then choked. The Detroit Lions, folks, are the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games, dating back to last year, obviously, in which they led by 10 or more points. The Detroit Lions, I, I joke about holding my nose and betting on them, but this is a team that knows Arizona well. Remember last year, the Lions played in Arizona in, I think it was week one, or week, it was week one, against Kyler Murray in his debut. Detroit led big and then gagged it up. Kyler Murray came back and it ended in a tie. Now the big reason I would look at Detroit is the return of Kenny Galladay, who by the way is like a top six or seven receiver in the league. He will definitely help them as a potential backdoor team. And the uh, and again, what if you're getting if you're going to give me a high-powered offense like Detroit and six points, I pro- I just have to take it. And again, it's Arizona. This isn't Aaron Rodgers. Okay, this is Kyler Murray. I know I've been gushy about the Cardinals, but I just want to. Uh, end on this note. The Detroit Lions secondary is beat up. And I can tell you now, as much as I want to take Detroit, it's gonna to be tough if Coleman and True both are out. The final team, 0-2 against the spread, heading into week three, and this is when I've really circled. You're gonna you're gonna shake your head and be like, Mac, what are you doing? It's the Carolina Panthers. Okay? And just hear me out. I'm not gonna go too long here. Christian McCaffrey's out. Nobody in their right mind, is going to back the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey out. Nobody. Everybody just saw the Chargers nearly beat the Chiefs. They just saw it. But what they don't remember is, oh, that was a divisional game. That's a rivalry game. There's good familiarity there. Uh, The Chargers' game plan defensively was great against Mahomes. I'm sure we'll see the Ravens employ it on Monday Night Football. But that was a kitchen sink game from the Chargers. They emptied the tank and they were demoralized when they lost that game. We don't know who's starting for them, Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. I thought Justin Herbert was very strong against the Chiefs. A really impressive game. He made one really bad rookie mistake. But it's not like the Carolina defense is any good. I mean, hell, Carolina's a turnover machine on offense. Their defense is atrocious. They cannot stop the run. They've given up, I believe, a league-high six rushing touchdowns this year. But, folks, I I think you've got to play the Panthers at a touchdown. What you're going to hear is, Real professional gamblers, the guy who are putting down $50,000, 100000 on games, they don't bet teams, they bet numbers. And if you're giving the Carolina Panthers a touchdown, and Teddy Bridgewater, who, I'm sorry, he's the better quarterback in this game. Uh, Justin Herbert's too young, but there is tape on him now. And Tyrod Taylor looked terrible against the Bengals. So all of a sudden, you're telling me, the Chargers, who had to come back and beat the Bengals in rookie Joe Burrow's debut, you're telling me the Chargers should be a touchdown favorite over anybody, including a Carolina team that was frisky against the Raiders, and we know the Raiders are good, they just beat the Saints, and a Carolina team that was frisky against the Bucks and would have covered, if not for Leonard Fournette breaking off a 50-yard touchdown with like a minute 30 left, which you know was able to win me a lot of money, and I had the Bucks in the contest. So... That's my process, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of, dude, you are crazy. Like this, J- Jason, just hearing your thought process, this is nuts. Okay, uh, maybe uh, I, I, 2018, I nearly cashed in this. It was a different, it was the super contest, the $1 million uh, winner. I didn't almost win it, but I was in the top five uh, for a couple weeks. And uh, I uh, faded down the stretch. I'm telling you, man, these these contests get late November, uh, Thanksgiving holiday, you know, presents for the getting ready for Christmas. And you got family. It's tough to focus. You got the Thanksgiving Day games and it's 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 really difficult. And I know this is a first world problem talking about a gambling contest contest. but anyways, this is a sports podcast. I've now gone, you know, way longer than I thought. Just talking you through some of my process. I, I think week three is dangerous. Um, I didn't even get to talk about this game. Uh, one favorite that I, I, I'm sorry, I love them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. favor by six. I know it's at altitude. I had circled this spot for Denver. But Denver's down to uh, Jeff Driscoll, the backup quarterback who was sacked six times uh, in three quarters by Pittsburgh. Uh, he was hit 17 times. Uh, by the way, uh, the Tampa front, front four is nasty. Um, they had five sacks at Teddy Bridgewater last week. Um, I know Tom Brady's had troubles in the altitude at Denver. Uh, a lot of that was against like actual like contending Broncos teams. Um, some people are going to say, hey, you got to take the points in, De- in Denver. I'm looking strongly at Tampa Bay. But okay, now I really have to stop because it's time for the best bet.
2: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel.
3: The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet.
4: All right, so the best bet for tonight, Wednesday, September 23rd. I'm riding with the Celtics favored by three against the Heat. Now, we didn't really preview this game, and it's been a weird series because Miami stole the first two games. Boston stormed back with an awesome strategy change, the return of Gordon Hayward in Game 3, held on. And then there was a three-day break. And I, and I tried to look into why there was a three-day break. And I know we had theorized, and I guess some people said, oh, they wanted the Western Conference to catch up to the East. But the other thing I saw was that ESPN is televising the Eastern Conference Finals. ESPN had slated to play this game. Obviously, they were doing every other day. They played Saturday, Game 3. Oh, Monday, game four. Well, Monday is Monday night football, and obviously you're not bumping uh, Saints versus the Raiders. So what do you do? You obviously don't want to double up two games in one night, so ultimately they kick game four to Wednesday now. So This has been a crazy turn of events for Boston. If you are a Celtics fan, you are geeked about three days of rest, and here's why. There was an extensive story written about how much Boston has leaned heavily on its star players, not only in this series, but in the playoffs. Are you ready for this? The Eastern Conference Playoff Minutes leaders, okay? When you look at every team in the East in the playoffs— the top four players are all Boston Celtics. And that's not just because they went seven against the Raptors. Remember, they dusted uh the Sixers in four. Okay. They Jason Tatum is number one, Jalen Brown is two, Marcus Smart three, Kemba four. Okay, so that's not a huge shock what, because those four have played massive minutes. But where the shock is is Kemba has played 539 minutes in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler is next at 434, 100 fewer minutes. That's the gap between the top four Celtics and everyone else. And you could kind of see, and then it lines up perfectly with why Boston has been destroyed in the fourth quarter by Miami. A combination in games one, two, and even game three of the Miami Heat resting the hell out of their players and Boston riding its stars into the ground. Now, you look at the regular season. Miami did not have a player ranked in the top 30 in minutes per game this year. They have really leaned heavily on a bench all season long. Remember, pre-bubble, Myers Leonard was like a starter. He's not getting off the bench in the bubble. I mean, they've totally changed things. Miami's bench has been massive. Jimmy Butler's not tired. The Heat are very, very fresh. And that's why they were able to come back in Game 1 and steal it. That's why they are able to come back in Game 2 and steal it from Boston. And I think this three-game rest helps the Celtics big time. And I'm going to go with Boston to hold off Miami And even the series at two apiece, I've got Boston favored by three as the best bet for Wednesday night in sports.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
6: Zumo Play.